Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Because, you know, we got a mixed audience in the room today. We got kids all the way down from first, just finished first grade or kindergarten, possibly all the way up to those of us who are long, those many, many, many years ago that it, when we were in first grade. And so this is a little bit of a challenge this morning, but everybody pay attention. I believe the Holy Spirit will speak something to us that we need to hear. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you got a word for us today. Lord, I pray that our hearts would receive it, that we would be those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today. God, no matter if we're six years old or if we're 60 years old, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the world that we live in today, there is a slogan. There's this kind of like an undercurrent. Maybe people don't say this right out of their mouths but it's just kind of like this under this attitude that people have. And the slogan goes something like this. It says, I want to call the shots. I want to run the show. I've got to do what I've got to do. I want to do what makes me feel good. What makes me look good. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I'm the boss of me. I'm the boss of me. And as Christians who know God's word, who know that we're supposed to follow Jesus's example, why do we sometimes have this mentality that is really kind of rebellious? Why do we entertain this rebellious attitude? Hey, we got some other Seeds kids coming in the room right now. Come, go ahead, come on in, grab a seat. This is important. Why do we have a rebellious kind of attitude where we want to be the boss? You know, here's a few different scenarios. And again, this applies to everybody. Maybe at work, your boss is a jerk. Or maybe, kids, maybe it's a teacher. Right? And you work hard. You work hard for this person, and they never say thank you. Maybe it seems like they show favoritism to other people, but not to you. Do you, uh, you, you work hard, you complete the project, and all they do is criticize. How are you going to react? Do you react with a rebellious heart, or do you stay humble and submit to the authority? Maybe your kid isn't getting the amount of playing time on the team that you think they should be getting. You know that they could be an asset to the team. You know that they could be helpful to the team, but the coach has them riding the pine. They're getting splinters in their behind. What do you do? Do you give that coach an earful? Do you have a rebellious heart? Or do you stay humble and you submit? What about if you're a kid in here or a teenager and your parents have all these rules, right? They've got all these rules and they've got chores and, and do you do this? Do you get all jacked up on Mountain Dew and get all disrespectful to them? You might get that reference anyway. 
Do you get disrespectful? That's no fair. None of my friends have to do that. Or all of my, my friends, everybody else gets to do this, and I have to do that. This is no fair. Do you do that, or do you say, Dad, Mom, I submit to your authority. Thank you for giving me boundaries. Thank you for raising me to think that I shouldn't get everything that I ever wanted on a whim. I appreciate and love you. Were those the conversations that you had this morning on the way to church? Everyone say this. Everyone say authority issues. Authority issues. Everywhere we turn, we are facing and deal with authority issues. What's the root word in the word authority? Can any of the kids in here tell me? What's the, you guys know root words, right? What's the root word in the word authority? Can anybody tell me? Thor. With a mighty hammer. Author, right? Author. And God is the author of authority. Everybody say, God is the author of authority. That's right. God always operates through authority. He directs and he corrects through authority. And he blesses us through authority. Right? God has placed specific authority figures and authority structures in our life, whether they be governmental, uh, vocational, spiritual, guys right here in the front row, parental, right? You have no idea what I'm talking about, but you will because you're going to pay attention, right? Okay. God has placed parental authorities in your life. I could be a children's, I could be a children's pastor. Anyway. And the ultimate authority above all of those, can anybody tell me what they think? It's the leader, leadership of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. The ultimate authority in our life is the leadership of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. We need to realize this. We will never reach our ultimate position until we learn to live a life of submission. We will never reach our ultimate position until we learn to live a life of submission. In order to reach that position, the place that God has destined for us, we've got to learn to submit to the authority structures, the authority figures that God has placed in our life, including his Holy Spirit, including the word of God. And the truth is this, is if we have issues with authority, then ultimately our issue is with God, right? Because he's the author of authority. This is what the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 13, verse one. He says, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Are you talking about that jerk at work called my boss? Or my teacher? Yep. Are you talking about the coach that won't put my kid in the game? Yep. Are you talking about my mom and my dad who have these rules 
and all these things that it's like, I've got to do this and I can't do that. Yes. Verse two says this. Anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. Now, what does it mean if God instituted something? It means that he put it in place, right? That he's the one that established it. That he's the one that, that made it happen. And it will be punished if we go against what God had, the authority that God has put in our life. Who's going to punish us? It won't be God. It'll, it'll be our own selves. When we come out underneath authority, we are subject to the elements. Now, I forgot an important prop this morning. Pastor Bob, can you look in that closet right there and see if there's an umbrella? I meant to bring an umbrella with me today. I'm going to need that here in just a second. That's why you should have put, I actually have three umbrellas sitting right by my front door and I didn't grab any one of those this morning. Here's the deal. We need to get under those things that God has put over us so that we can get over those things that God has put under us. So y'all like, huh? Say that what? Hmm? What? Say that again. Thank you. I'll say that one more time. We need to get under the things that God has put over us so that we can get over the things that God has put under us. We need to be submitted to, to the authority that God has placed in our life so that we can avoid the traps of the enemy, of the devil, because God has called us to overcome, right? Well, why would God put authority over me? I thought he just wanted me to be happy. I thought he loved me. Why would God do that? God does love you. That's exactly why he gave you parents. That's exactly why he gave you authority. He placed authority in your life. The leading of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, the authority figures and structures that he's placed in your life. It's all about your protection. It's all about protection. It's not about control. It's not about dominance. God placed certain authority figures and structures in your life for your protection because he loved you. He designed it so that when we're underneath authority, we are protected, we are purposeful, and we are powerful. When we are underneath the authority that God has put over us, we stay protected, we are living out our purpose that he has for our life, and we're allowing his power to work through us. God's plan for us to reach the ultimate position in life happens when we live a life of submission to authority. The answer lies here in this umbrella. This umbrella has seen better days. I'm thankful it was there. Let's see if we can get it to open. This is called a Dr. Seuss umbrella. <laughs> this came straight from Universal Studios. Anyway, I um, went to a conference some years ago with some other pastors in Atlanta. 
we flew into Atlanta the night before the conference, and this conference was in a in like huge arena. And none of us are none of the four of us were like super keen on like oh we got to get there and get a get a good seat. We got to get there like two hours before the doors open and wait in line so we can run down front and get a good seat. We don't care about that. So we're like, we're going to get up just in time to grab a bite to eat and get there maybe 20 minutes before the conference starts. We wake up that morning and there is a torrential downpour. I mean, raining cats and dogs, hard to even see as you're driving. Remember, we allotted just enough time to get there. So, of course, when you get to an arena, a conference that's in an arena, and you didn't get there early, where do you have to park? Way out in the back 40. Way the furthest parking spots (laughs) that you could get to get to the front door of the arena. And none of us had rain jackets. None of us had umbrellas. So we park way out there, and all we had were our Bibles and our notebooks, And so we opened the doors and we ran to the front of the arena like this, like that was doing anything at all. And we got soaking wet. We were drenched. And let me tell you, I did not have a fun day that day sitting in all of those meetings, sitting in all of those sessions, soaking wet. I remember after the first session, or maybe there was enough time before the first session, I went to the bathroom and I had like an undershirt on. So I took my outer shirt off and I rang it out into the sink. And then I just wore my, my undershirt. I just wore it into the, to the meetings and I took my shirt and I draped it over the chair to dry. I draped it over the chair in front of me for it to dry out throughout the rest of the day. And I had to sit there in wet clothes in that meeting all day along with the other three guys that I was with. Now, what would have helped in that moment? What could have kept me from being drenched by all that rain. Right, an umbrella, right? It, would, it sure would have been nice to have this right here. It, you know, I could have got out of that car. I, I wouldn't have had to run through the rain. I could have avoided all the puddles. I wouldn't have had to have wet, soaking wet shoes and socks all day. I could have, you know, stayed on all of the high places. This could have just kept me nice and safe, and I wouldn't have had to sit in wet clothes all day if I'd had this, right? Right? It's not a trick question. Authority is like this umbrella. It's here for my protection from the elements. Now, how stupid would I look if I... If it was pouring rain outside, and if I had to walk all the way out there to the back of the parking lot, how silly would it be is if I took this umbrella and walked to the car like this? Well, here I, it's, it's raining, cats and dogs outside. I don't know why in the world I'm getting wet. Why, why am I getting wet? I've got an umbrella. It's right here. How silly would that be? It would be very silly. God wants us to live under his authority for our protection, right? Because once I get outside of God's protection, what's going to happen? That's right. I'm subject now to all of the elements. I'm being hammered by hell and drenched in dysfunction, 
and I'm not tough enough, and I'm not big enough, and I'm not smart enough, and I'm not educated enough, and I'm not rich enough to stay protected from the elements if I don't stay under what is protecting me. It doesn't matter if I have a million dollars in the bank or if I have one dollar in the bank. If I'm right here, then I'm protected. If I'm here, I'm not protected. It doesn't matter if I just barely graduated high school or if I have a PhD. If I'm here, I'm protected. If I'm here, I'm not protected. It doesn't matter if I'm the best player on the team or the worst player that never gets to play. If I'm here, I'm protected. I'm here, I'm unprotected. In 1 Samuel, we read about the first king of Israel. Can any of my seed's kids in here tell me who was the first king of Israel? Shout it out. Saul, thank you. That was a deep voice for a first grader. Anyway. Moms and dads, let's not let our kids grow up being biblically illiterate. Amen? Uh, Biblical illiteracy starts at home. And so we teach our kids to love sports. We teach them to love all the things that we do together as families, you know, entertainment, recreation. We teach the importance about academics. And all that stuff is good. But at the end of days, it's all going to burn up. It's wood, hay, and stubble. Let's teach our kids to love the Word of God because it's eternal. Amen? So it starts at home. So, so Saul, 1 Samuel, we read about the first king of Israel. His name is Saul. And I want you to picture this. Saul is a handsome guy. He's a good-looking dude. Picture somebody, you know, really tall, like 6'6". He's got long, flowing black hair. He's got, you know, he's got good skin. He's muscular. He's a good-looking dude. And he's a warrior. He is a warrior. And not only is he, he's not just a meathead, though. He's also really fun to be around. He's charismatic. People like being around Saul. And he's the first king of Israel, which means that he's the leader of all the armies. means he's the point person. He's the main person for all the politics and the economy. And even though Saul was king, he still had to submit to the authority of a guy named Samuel. Samuel was God's prophet of Israel during this time. means that he was God's spokesperson. He's the one that spoke for God over the nation of Israel. And in 1 Samuel 15, we read about this Samuel, God's prophet. He goes to Saul to give him a word from God. And this is what it says here. In verse 15, this is what God said through Samuel to Saul. I'm about to get even with the nation of Amalek for ambushing Israel when Israel came up out of Egypt. Here's what you're to do. Go to war against Amalek. Put everything connected with Amalek under a holy ban. No exceptions. This is to be total destruction. And the scripture goes on and is actually quite graphic there and says some things that if you want to share with your kids later, you can read that scripture to them. 
But the point is, there's, we get this clear picture that God wants Amalek gone. No prisoners, no spoils. He wants to burn Utica to the ground. So what did King Saul do? Verse 8, this is what he did. He captured Agag, king of Amalek. Well, now, isn't that a funny name? Wouldn't that be funny if your name was Agag? Agag. Agag Shoals. He's just reading his Bible right now. I don't know if he even hears me. Hey. Dan, wouldn't it be funny if your name was Agag? Yeah. Are you, aren't you glad that your mom didn't name you Agag? I'm glad that she named you Dan. That's a way better name. But this guy that you're reading about there, his name was Agag. That's a funny name. And he was the king of Amalek, and Saul captured him alive. Everyone else was killed under the terms of the holy man. Saul and the army made an exception for Agag and for the very best sheep and for the very best cattle. Now let me ask you this. Did Saul do what Samuel told him that God wanted him to do? No. I'm going to say it again. Did Saul do what God told him to do? I'm going to ask one more time, and I want you to answer strong. Did Saul do exactly what God told him to do? No, he didn't. He did not. Samuel shows up on the scene, and he makes an assessment of what's going on, and he says, what are you doing, man? This is not what God said to do. You didn't obey. You didn't do exactly what God told you to do. You pulled a Sinatra. You did it your way. And here's what Saul said in verse 20. He says, what are you talking about, man? I did obey God. I did the job that God set for me. I brought in King Ahag, and I destroyed the Amalekites under the terms of the holy band. Yes, so the soldiers, they saved back a few of the best sheep and a few of the best cattle from under the holy band, but it was for a sacrifice to God at Gilgal. What's wrong with that? What's Saul doing? He's deflecting. He's making excuses. He's lying. Have you ever been, you know, if your mom and dad ever told you to do something and you didn't do it and then they confronted you about it and you're like, oh, I did do it. I mean, I halfway did it. Does that ever fly with mom and dad? Does you ever get away with that? Do they like that? No. Neither does God. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we were supposed to wipe everything and everybody out, but the soldiers, the, you know, for morale's sake, I felt like we needed to capture the king. And plus, you know, Samuel, we were going to take all this good stuff and we were going to offer it as a sacrifice to God, now that you caught us. And we've all done that. Yeah, 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 I know I didn't obey exactly the way that I was supposed to, but I thought it would be better if I did it my way. And we reason out our way out of full and total obedience. You know one thing that my mama and my daddy always told me? 
They said that half obedience is disobedience. Some of y'all's mama said the same thing. So verse 22, Samuel said this to Saul. He says, do you think that all God wants are sacrifices, like empty rituals just for show? He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing, not staging a lavish religious production. Now, how many boys and girls in here, when we know, when we read this in here and it says that God wants us to listen, it also means that he wants us to obey. Those two things go hand in hand. How many of you have ever gotten trouble because you heard what mom and dad said, but you didn't follow through or obey what mom and dad said? Yes, I thank you for your honesty. I see aunties raising their, <laughs> their little niece's hands, yes. I have. I've heard all kinds of things when I was a kid that my mom and dad said, and I didn't do it. So it's not just about the listening, it's about when it means when it when it says to listen, it means to listen and obey. I heard someone say this one time. Most of us are educated far beyond our level of obedience. Meaning, uh, oh yeah, we can we can get ahead because we know better. But really, we would do better if we just worked on obedience to God. If we would just obey and do what God wants us to do, then really we'd be way ahead of the game. Verse 28, Samuel said this to Saul. Remember, Saul's the king, but Samuel is still his authority because Samuel represents God. And Samuel said this by the unction of the Holy Spirit. God has just now torn the kingdom from you and handed it over to your neighbor, a better man than you are. Israel's God of glory doesn't, he doesn't deceive and he doesn't waste time. He says what he means and he means what he says. Why does God want us to submit to his authority? Why does he want us to submit to the Holy Spirit? Why does he want us to submit to the word of God and the other authority structures and figures that he's placed in our life? Because it's for our benefit. When we stay under authority, we are protected, we are purposeful, and we get to tap into the power of God. Saul disobeyed, and he did it his way. And when we disobey, and we do it our own way, and we walk way out here, out from underneath God's authority, we miss out on the benefits of the kingdom, and we don't discover the greatness that God has destined for us. Because of Saul's anti-authority attitude, because of his disobedience and his rebellion, Saul removed himself out from underneath the protection of God's authority, and his life was shortened. Am I saying that God killed Saul? No. I'm saying that Saul made a choice to remove himself out from underneath God's protection. Saul chose not to stay protected. 
chose, Saul chose not to stay purposeful. He chose not to stay powerful. He chose not to stay in the blessed place. And because of that, he subjected himself to the attack of the enemy, right? Because what does the Bible say? That the enemy is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said he came to give us life and to the fullest, the most abundant life ever. But if we want to live the most abundant life ever, it's right here under God's authority. Kids, what does this look like in your life? It means being under the authority of mom and dad. But I don't like all the rules. And all my friends don't have to do this. Hey, I'm just telling you, this is the blessed place. This is the place where you want to learn to submit to authority. Can I tell you this? When we were in our series or in our theme last year, Strong Families, we were in the book of Ephesians a lot last year. And I want to tell you, boys and girls, I want you to look right here and listen to me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, the Apostle Paul wrote this to you, to you kids. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Like, like you don't have to do it in your own power. God's going to give you the power to be obedient to your mom and dad. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's the right thing. It's the first commandment that God gave that had a promise attached to it. And what was the promise? God said it's the blessed place. That living under the authority of your parents is the blessed place. That things will go well with you and that you will live a long life. Right? What did Saul do? Saul got out from underneath God's authority and his life was shortened. You want to live a long life? You stay here under God's authority. And right now, at this point in your life, that means being obedient to your parents. Now, moms and dads, what does that look like for you? Staying under God's authority. I let the Holy Spirit minister to you. There are going to be times in our life I'm wrapping up here. There are going to be times in our life when there will be people who are in authority over us that we don't like and we don't respect. And it's possible that we even have good reasons for the reason we feel that way. Being submissive to authority doesn't mean that you always have to like and respect your authority. But what it does mean, uh, and, and I'll say this, and it doesn't always mean that you have to have total admiration for those people either or be in total agreement with every choice that they make. But what it means is that you're not going to allow your heart to become bitter and resentful toward those people and that you are going to pray for them to have wisdom and discernment and you are going to ultimately submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. Now, moms and dads, there are sometimes authority in our life that may ask you to do something that goes against what the Holy Spirit or go against what the Word of God tells you to do. 
and we have to remember our ultimate authority is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And then when someone, someone that's in authority over you is, a, a, a bu- is abusing their power, you have to remember Holy Spirit and the Word of God are my ultimate authority. And then you have to navigate those waters. But the way that you do that is incredibly important. You don't have to do it. You don't have to walk the path of dishonor to stay under the umbrella of God's authority. Too often we say, this submission thing is too hard. This obedience thing isn't fun. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to be the boss of me. When we do that, we are signing up for a kind of hurt and a kind of pain that is far worse than the sacrifice of obedience. Because obedience is a sacrifice many times. It's not always fun. But when we walk out from underneath God's authority, we're signing up for hurt and pain that is far worse than the sacrifice of obedience. It's a no-win situation. Some people might ponder and get and wonder, and go, well, why isn't my life blessed? Listen, how can you be blessed if you're not positioned in the blessed place? This is the blessed place. How can you be blessed if you're not positioned here? If you're not positioned under his authority? Maybe the reason that you're drenched in dysfunction is because you're not under the authority of God. And if you've done the rebellion thing, guess what? His mercies are new every morning. Praise God. God's not up in heaven waiting to like for you to make a mistake and strike you with a lightning bolt or strike you with Thor's hammer. No, his mercies are new every morning. Praise God. And we have the beautiful gift of repentance. And we say, God, I'm going to get under your authority. I want to be protected and purposeful and powerful. I want to be in the blessed place. Praise God. Because when it comes to authority issues, our issue is ultimately with God. And God's issue is all about protection and purpose and his power working through us. No matter where we are on this journey today, let's make this decision. I'm going to submit to God's authority. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.